so at this point, um, I had already arrived to Dallas. Um, I remember that everything seemed normal uh, in between myself and uh, my ex. Um, I would communicate with him as much as I could. Um, I would send him text messages. And again, everything seemed pretty normal. And I want to say it was the second day where things started kind of... I started feeling something different um, coming from him. His energy was a little off. And um, I remember that one of the text messages I had sent him, um, I was basically giving him like an itinerary of what we were going to do that day, my friend and myself. And his reply had me a bit unsettled because I don't remember word for word, but I do remember it was something in between the lines like, like he would kind of question like oh really that's what you guys are gonna do like that like that was his response i didn't make i didn't make much of it because um i feel like i'm a pretty straightforward person and i feel like at the time i felt like everybody was like me like if you had something to say you would just say it you know like if you felt something you would say it so again i didn't think much of it and um i remember i went throughout the entire day with my friend and uh we had a good time uh, at that time, I, I, we had, uh, he was basically showing me around the area and um, some parts of Dallas. It wasn't until the next day when things got a bit out of hand. Um, that day, um, again, I had sent him a text message, kind of giving him an itinerary of the day. And um, again, I was getting those replies like, Oh yeah, like really? That's what you're gonna, you that's what you guys are going to do. And this is a friend, right? Just a friend. Just things like that. And um I remember um that day we we had a pretty long day. Um my friend had taken me to Fort Worth, Texas and um we went horseback riding and um we had the best barbecue I've ever had. I'm yet to find a place that the that, that I can have the same quality barbecue <laughs> that I had out there and I still haven't found any but yeah so it was this pretty cool place um it was like outdoors and it almost seemed like a backyard and there was like wooden benches and they had um cornhole like you know the game cornhole and then they had like this little um little stage with uh like a small platform and right at the end of the of the yard there was a river or a i guess a stream it was so cool it was such a great experience i mean the vibe was there i was having such a good time and then after that my friend took me um horseback riding and again such an amazing experience i had so much fun little did i know (laughs) what i was about to face that day so on our way back to my friend's house, um, I remember uh, he sent me a text message. My ex sent me a text message. And again, I, I don't remember word for word, but I can. I'll, I, I, I do remember the feeling that I had and also something between the lines of what those messages said. Because it was a few. And the ones that I do remember, it started off with... Um, hey when you come back we need to talk 
and again i'm a pretty pretty forward person so i was like no like let's talk now like what's wrong what's going on like what are you feeling again because i felt like i was being very transparent i felt like i was not leaving anything out and he um in the moment then he uh messaged back and was like i feel like you're hiding things from me i feel like you're you're holding back on something or you're doing something and you're doing it behind my back and um i can't pin my or something like between the lines that he couldn't pinpoint what it was but he was gonna find out so i was like i i was baffled i'm like i remember thinking like what is he talking about like i couldn't be more transparent or clear about what i was doing I couldn't be. I, I was being very thorough. So I remember telling him, like, do you not trust me? Like, what's going on? Where is this coming from? Like, why why are you being like this? And then he said, you know, I have a feeling that you're you're doing something behind my back and um, something in between the lines, like, um, uh, I feel like this isn't going to work out. I think it's just better off for the two of us to break this off and you go your way and I go my way. Something in between the lines. Because I remember when we were in my friend's car when this was happening. We were on the freeway and I remember we we're about to get off uh, on a ramp because I, I felt everything inside of me just drop to my feet. Like I felt like my blood just like drop. And I was like, what? I, I, I just, I couldn't process what he was saying like i'm like is he breaking up with me like over a text message and i remember replying back like i i would like write something and then i would delete it i write it again then i'll delete it till finally i was like you know what i remember saying something between the lines like if, if you don't trust me then what are we doing and then he replied back like see i knew it you're hiding something and you know he's like i'm just gonna do this for the two of us like you you know let's just uh, you go your way, I go my way, and and let's just leave it at that. And I remember I replied. I was I, I got so angry at the time, and I was like, you know what? Because in my mind, I'm thinking like, if you're gonna, you know, I guess break things off over text, then it speaks volume about who you are. Like I, I couldn't believe it. So I was like, you know what? I, I think you're right. You know, if if you can't trust me, then I think you're right. I think we need to break things off. So then um, the next day, um, I, I well, let me just kind of give you an insight of how that day played out. It was, um, my friend was really, he was awesome. He was very uh, welcoming and, and, and just, I, I didn't tell him exactly what was happening. Um, I don't even think I even told him that we had broken up. But I do remember that um, I was a little off. And um, then the next day came where I had to come home. And this is where things really, really took a deep dive for the worst. Um, I had gone home and that evening I had um, I had a youth meeting. Mind you, during these youth meetings, um, my pastor would rarely show up. It was mostly the youth pastor and his wife that would be there. Um, so I remember getting to the youth meeting and I remember seeing my pastor's truck there. I already felt like something was up. 
it's it's I know it's crazy to say, but I already felt something was up. And I remember my pastor came over to me in my car and he was like, hey, um, can you come over for a minute? So I agreed. I um, I thought it was pretty unusual because I, if we ever talked, it was always inside of the church or just never in our, our cars. And he pulled me into his truck and we, he was very hesitant and he was a bit quiet at first, which oh my god i remember my anxiety was just eating me up inside i and and honestly i didn't know what exactly this was about nor did i even think that he had any idea that i was living this double lifestyle but then he pulled out a picture and in that picture um it was myself and it was my ex, which we had taken on the day of his birthday at a gay bar. And um, his friend was sitting in front of us. She had taken a picture of us and um, it was, we were, we were kissing. So that picture said it all. <laughs> when my pastor showed me that picture, I, I was lost for words. Um, I remember just feeling my heart sink, feeling ashamed. I remember feeling overwhelmed. Um, I wanted to die right then and there. I just, I did not want to face what was next. And, um, I was I was quiet. I, I couldn't say anything. Then I remember my pastor looking over at me and um, saying, um, "Look at him. Um, someone anonymously um, that knows someone in the church um, passed this uh, these images along with details about you and this person." Um, I remember him saying, uh, I know this must be hard for you. Um, this is hard for all of us. Um, I don't know how to deal with this. I, I don't know how to go about this. So I think what's best is, um, you will no longer be the youth leader. Um, you can no longer participate on the platform. Um, if anything, what I encourage you to do is go back to your parents, talk to your mom. Um, I feel like your mom will have a a better way of going about this. I felt so heartbroken at that moment because my parents were the least, they were the last people I wanted to tell, especially that way. I remember feeling so lost, like my own pastor does not know how to go about this. And he's telling me to go back to my parents. Holy shit. <laughs> it was devastating. I could not believe that my ex had outed me out. The guy that I 
thought was the one, the guy that I had put my entire trust had outed me out. I was not ready for it. I was not prepared. Definitely caught. I was caught blindsided. Um, I didn't know if I had to tell the youth. I didn't know how I was going to tell the youth. It was... Guys, it, it's terrible. Um, living a double life is is hard. Especially when you're exposed. I remember just going into the the, the church... And I didn't know how to go about it. But I remember going to the altar and um, I got on my knees and all I could do was cry. And I remember just asking God at that time, like, I'm sorry. Or I remember telling God that I was sorry and then asking God for guidance. Like, where do I go from here? What do I do? Like, is this the end of me? Like, has my life ended? Because... I could not bear the thought of my parents finding out. That thought alone would consume me, consume me to an extent that I would feel sick. I would feel like physically sick. And so I remember um, I ended up going home to my parents' place. I I remember I couldn't eat. I rarely would speak. And those that know me close know that I I'm pretty talkative. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm very I'm I'm very talkative. So my mom immediately saw the difference. She saw something was wrong. And she began to ask me like Adam what's going on? I I feel something you need to tell me. And I just remember just thinking that I had to tell her, I had to tell her I had to come clean because I wanted her to find out through me and not through anyone else. But out of my parents, I thought that the one person that was going to disown me was my mom. And I remember just every day I would, I, I would close my, I would close, uh, I would, uh, I can't even speak. <laughs> I would lock myself in my bedroom. I, I wouldn't go out. I would cry a lot. It, I, I had fallen into the worst depression I had ever experienced. And what made it worse, <laughs> what made it worse is that I worked in the same place that my parents worked so there was really no escape to, uh, for me I saw him at home and I saw him at work <laughs> and I actually worked with my mom my mom was my boss so um, and also one of my um, sisters um, worked with us none of them knew that was a very dark time for me um just thinking about how I would talk to them how I was going to come out how I was going to tell them how I how I was outed and how this has had been going on behind all of their backs 
I remember there were days that when we would be at work, I would lock myself in the bathroom and I would cry because there's no other place I could cry. Um, if anything, if I would cry at home, I'd have to hold it in <laughs> because they could hear me. So at work, that was that was the only place in the bathroom where I could cry, like ugly cry. And I remember there were moments where just the anxiety would consume me to the extent where I would have to walk outside and I would have to just try to get some air. And it just got to the point where I, I, I couldn't hold it anymore. It was, it was eating me up. And um, I had asked my mom and my, uh, two, of my two, uh, two of my sisters um, to meet up with me after work um, at a food court in a... Um, at a mall <laughs> probably not the best place but again I didn't know how this was going to play out um, I was actually convinced that my mom was going to disown me and kick me out of the house so I thought that was <laughs> the best place and also so my mom wouldn't overreact and go crazy on me I did it in a public place <laughs> so we met up and um, I remember we had ordered some food and um, I was doing my very best to kind of play it off but moms always know best <laughs> and I remember she was like okay that's enough Adam what's going on I need you to speak up tell us what's going on I, for a good minute, I could not get anything out of my mouth. Not even a peep. Every time I would want to say something, I remember my throat would become this huge knot. <laughs> and then my eyes would tear up so much. I just, it was overwhelming. Until so finally I was like, I, I gained the courage. I don't know where I got it from, but I was like... Well, I have something to tell you guys. Um, if you guys haven't noticed, I haven't been going to church. And and the reason why I said it was because at the time we were all going to different churches. A little odd, I know, but there's more to that. But for a different story. Anyway, so we all went to different churches. And I hadn't been going to church so I was like, you know, I know you guys maybe have noticed I haven't been going to church and something happened. Um, there is a guy that I had been seeing that we were emotionally involved. And um, he was my boyfriend. And he broke up with me while I was in Dallas. And I think he got mad at me because I agreed with the breakup and he ended up outing me out to my pastor. So my pastor and my, um, and my youth pastors, they know about this and um, I didn't want you guys to find out through anyone else. I wanted you guys to find out through me. Um, 
And I remember just looking at my mom and she just started to cry and she she was just shaking her head back and forth, like saying no. And I remember just looking at her face and seeing how much it was affecting her. And it was hurting me, like just seeing the way that she was affected, that was hurting me. But what held me together was um, my sisters. Both of them, um, they hugged me. And I remember they were telling me that they loved me no matter what. And that I would always be um, Adam to them. Nothing would change. And then I remember my, my mom... Uh, my mom would ask, started to ask questions. I remember her asking me, um, why? Why would you do that? And did you guys have sex? <laughs> Out of all things, that's what she wanted to know if we had sex. And I remember my sister stuck up for me and they both were like, mom, like, he's he's being he's vulnerable right now and he's he's opening up to us like stop judging him like listen to him and that helped because um she i could see her expression calm down uh, her facial expression calm down and i remember her looking at me and saying you're my son and no matter what you do no matter who you are, I will always love you. Those words were so liberating because I was convinced that my mom was going to hate me after that. I was convinced that my mom was going to disown me. And I was wrong. I was wrong. But I remember just thinking how I, I felt so ashamed. I felt I felt so wrong for putting my mom through that. That at the time that's what I thought. I just I couldn't I couldn't um I couldn't process many things at that moment. It was just very overwhelming. And I remember my mom thinking, or my mom telling me that, um, you know, we're going to get through this together. And um, I remember her saying that God had been preparing her for that, that she had been feeling something, um, something dark was coming and that she was preparing for it. She just couldn't pin, pinpoint what it was. And basically I had, you know, um, verified what she had been feeling. So it was tough, guys. Um, even after coming out, it was tough. Um, it traumatized me to the extent that I didn't want to 
date a guy again. I didn't even want to trust a guy again. And on one occasion, I remember, um, I've rarely have said this to anyone, um, but on, on one occasion, I was on the freeway and all the emotions started to rush in. Out of nowhere, all these thoughts started to come in. And I just thought, like, why am I even going through this? Like, might as well just end my life. Just stop it, you know? And I was driving on the freeway. I remember um, I floored the gas pedal. And I thought, this, this is probably the best way to go. I'll make it seem like an accident, you know, like I lost control of the wheel and, you know, whatever happens, happens. And right when I was about to overturn the steering wheel, I broke down <laughs> and I just, I just couldn't do it. Call me a coward, call me whatever you want to call it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't bring it to me to, <laughs> to actually end my life i couldn't and mind you again um, i grew up in the church so i was taught that if i were to take my life away then i would most certainly go to hell and listen <laughs> i had already been outed out i was like god is not happy with me and if i take my life away he's definitely not going to be happy with me but to that extent um, it was traumatizing. I lasted 10 years without having any contact with any men at all. Not sexually or in any way. That's insane. Because I pretty much gave up my 20s when I could have been exploring and could have been finding my special person. I didn't. That's how traumatizing it was. Um, it's been, it's been, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm still healing. Um, and I'm happy where I'm at right now. Now in the next episode, I'm going to give you guys a, my current reality. <laughs>